Thank you. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians tonight, Ephesians chapter 4. This is a passage we were in this morning uh, for part of the message in, uh, this morning. We'll be in Ephesians chapter number 4 tonight. And uh, thank you for the music. And did y'all enjoy the choir and orchestra tonight? Good job, choir and orchestra. I know that's a hard song. And I tried to keep my nose out of it and not put any pointers along the way, but, uh, uh, but no, I appreciate all the work and effort that goes in each and every Sunday uh, to make the service what it is, and I always enjoy uh, hearing our music. I, I look forward to the music uh, each and every Sunday, don't you? Uh, I look forward to the hymns. It's like, what hymn am I going to sing today that I haven't sang in 100 years? I, I, lo- I look forward to that. But isn't it good uh, to think you'd have your mind go back to your childhood, perhaps, or sing all this, those songs? That's a pretty thick hymn book, isn't it? And a lot of wonderful, wonderful hymns in there. And so uh, I, I, just, I just have fun at church. I hope you do, too. I look forward to it. Ephesians chapter number 4, we're going to read the first six verses of scripture, and I want to be very practical tonight, but I think very helpful. Um, I'll I'll probably take a few minutes in the Sunday night service, if not the Sunday morning service next week on that special Sunday. Um, There are are some things that as you you look at scripture, then you look at this world, uh, there's some some things that I just anticipate uh, that are, are as our world continues to get closer and closer to Christ's return, uh, some things that could happen uh, in our world, in our country, uh, as churches, the trends, if you will, of this world, and certainly Second Timothy chapter three and four are playing out in front of our eyes. And so, uh, uh, but there's some things that, because of all of that, um, there's some things I constantly want to go back to. And just keep reminding us over and over and over again. And tonight is one of those uh, thoughts, one of those subjects, if you will, uh, for us to be reminded of. And the larger our church gets, the larger our ministry gets, there are certain subjects uh, that we have to revisit over and over and over again to keep us where we need to be. uh, Because we can lose our focus. Uh, we can uh, uh, lose our concentration. And like this morning when I was uh, preaching on charity suffers long. Uh, I, uh, Brother uh, uh, Steve Sandberg came to see me in the foyer and uh, he said, Pastor, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I suffered through that long <laughs> message this morning. And so I did so with charity. Thank you for being such a charitable uh, individual, Brother Steve, I appreciate that, and uh, uh, but there are constantly things that we have to be reminded of. Ephesians chapter number four, verse number one: I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Uh, let me pause right there. The prisoner of the Lord, uh, Paul is in prison because of his service for the Lord. I'm just reminding you of that because there are times I feel sorry for myself. I have to remind myself, oh, I've sacrificed so much for God. I have to ask myself, would I go to prison for him? Uh, would I still serve him? Uh, and so, uh, but he says that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, 
of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Look with me back, if you will, to verse number three. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Tonight I want to preach on keeping the peace. Keeping the peace. It's nice to just have peace, isn't it? This world, there's no peace. Uh, in our own nation, there's no peace. But hopefully your home can be a place of peace. Hopefully in your heart there's peace. But there's one place there should always be peace, and that's the house of God. There may be turmoil when you go to work, wherever you work tomorrow, but there should be peace at the house of God. There should be peace amongst God's people. Uh, this world, as we get closer to the next election, it's going to be all the division that's always there is just going to come rise up, and it's all we're going to see. It's all that's going to be reported to us. It's all that's going to be evident. But there's one place we ought to be able to come where there's peace. Uh, if this world begins to burn down tomorrow, there ought to be peace in the house of God. That doesn't mean we don't have problems. That doesn't mean we don't have difficulties. It doesn't mean there's not issues we have to deal with from time to time, but because of how we approach things, we ought to be willing and make an effort to keeping the peace. Father, help us tonight. I pray that you would use your word, uh, help us to apply it as we need to apply it. Bless your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I consider the task, the unique task that the Apostle Paul had, the task that God chose him for. It was unique, and <clears throat> no one has ever been asked to do what the Apostle Paul was asked to do, that first missionary, if you will, the father of the churches, the, the one who the churches looked to. As we look to the Word of God, they, they had Paul to help them, and what an important role he played. You read much of the New Testament, and you read the letters that Paul wrote to these churches, and we understand the dependence uh, that they had on him. What a responsibility he had. What a unique calling he had. Man, it's hard to keep one church getting along with, with each other, much less all of them, uh, helping all of them. And uh, what a unique responsibility there was. But nevertheless, we find uh, many things in his letters that will help us even today, of course. And so I'm going to jump right into the outline tonight, but I want us to uh, have this mindset, this understanding of keeping the peace. I've pointed this out in, in times past in different messages, but the, the local New Testament church, Christ church, is a miracle. It is a miracle. Uh, one, if you're saved this evening, that's a miracle in itself. But yet how can people from so many different walks of life from different parts of the world, parts of the country, different backgrounds. Many saved as a child, many saved as an adult. Some grew up in Sunday school, some grew up in places they don't want to talk about. But how can God take all of that and put it together and it really feel like a family? In many cases, feel closer than our own blood family. It's the family of God. It's the local church. How in the world does God do that? Well, it's a certainly a supernatural act through salvation and through Christ, but it is something that we see because it is established that the church is one body 
of one Spirit, the Spirit of God. There's one Lord. There's one head. There's one faith. This, the church was never intended to be pass out surveys of what do you believe about this and what do you believe about that. God's not interested in your opinion and my opinion. There is a faith that all other faiths are a false faith. There's one baptism, that step of obedience. There's one God and one Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. That's how the church can function as I just described it with so many people, with so many backgrounds, uh, with, from so many walks of life who can find that charity, find that, uh, that love, uh, have that camaraderie. But just like any family, if we're not careful, we can let things divide us that shouldn't divide us. It's sad to hear in families things that divide us that that, that they're silly things uh, that, that we allow to, to, to divide us. Um, the Bible tells us there's enough when it comes to truth and doctrine and things of those natures that are naturally going to divide us. But we ought to be a people who's trying to keep the peace. And we ought to have that place of peace. Let me give you some things from this passage, some, some, some things to help us think. Number one, let me say there are non-negotiables. There are non-negotiables. We should extend charity, as I've preached this morning. Uh, we should have love one for another. We should try and keep the peace, but there are non-negotiables. I refer you to verses 4 through 6 again. There's, those are non-negotiables. We meet around those things. We meet because of those things. We are a Baptist church. That is our faith. That is not negotiable. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to entertain uh, a, 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 any suggestions. Say, why, why don't we drop the name Baptist? That's not negotiable. If this church ever drops the name Baptist, I won't be the pastor of it. I'll just say this. It's, it's not going to drop. If you want one of those, you, you, there's plenty of them for you to choose from. That's, that's a non-negotiable. Now, I don't hate people who aren't Baptist. I, I think we ought to be charitable to all men. But if you come to the Emmanuel Baptist Church, don't be shocked to find that it's a Baptist church that practices Baptist doctrine. That's a non-negotiable. These non-negotiables say, well, we're so original. Yes, because that's what brings us together. That's where we find our, co our common ground. If you're, if you're from the north and some are from the south and, 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 and you have different cultures, the inner city versus out in the rural areas, you grow up different. You have different perspectives. Those aren't common ground. You know, it's like, well, we have stuffing. What in the world is stuffing? We have cornbread dressing. If you don't like that, you're not going to like heaven very much. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but that's not common ground. There, there, there's some of you stuffing people. You're never giving up your stuffing. Well, bless God, I'm not giving up my cornbread 
dressing. There are some hills worth dying on. But that's not what brings us together. You know what brings us together? The same blood that was shed for you was shed for me. The same book I depend on is the same book you depend on. If it's of the faith, it is non-negotiable. Uh, there are non-negotiables. There's one salvation. We believe in salvation by grace. You can't earn salvation. It is a free gift of God. Now, I'll say, if you believe that you have to have works with that faith, you're going to have a hard time keeping the peace with the church. Because there are some non-negotiables. It's our faith. We're not going to entertain anything. Say, well, this is what I believe about that. Well, this, 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 I'm being kind, and I don't know anybody in here this way. I'm just using an example. This is what we brings us together. There are those that don't believe Christ was enough for salvation. You can join with them. Better yet, get saved. And put your faith in Christ, then uh, you'll find that that those things that bring us together. And he talks about the one Spirit. We're not charismatic. I believe in the Spirit of God. As a saved man, the Spirit of God dwells within me. If you're saved, He dwells within you. Uh, there's fruit of walking in the Spirit. We can grieve the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit. But it's the Spirit of God who speaks to us. It's the Spirit of God who strengthens us. It's the Spirit of God who helps us discern His Word. He leads us. It's the Spirit of God when you, you sing those hymns. Boy, you just feel something good in your heart. It's, that's the Spirit of God. The, that message of that song is bearing witness with the Spirit inside of you. When you hear the preaching and you say, Hey, that is, I, I, I'm with you on that. And, and by the grace of God, we're saved. It's the Spirit who wrote this book and the Spirit that is in this pastor. And the, it bearing witness with the Spirit in you. There's one Spirit. I do not believe the Spirit leads anybody to act like an idiot and speak in a tongue that is gibberish and draw attention to themselves. That's not who we are. So, Pastor, would you entertain that? Absolutely not. Because there's one spirit. We're not emergent. We're not contemporary. See, Pastor, contemporary is a style. I have a book that, 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 that I want you to read. Well, I don't have time right now, but there's about 300 pages where I go through and explain contemporary is not a style. It's a theology that centers around a seducing spirit, not the spirit. So, Pastor, are we going to have a, a contemporary service and a traditional service? No, we're just going to have church. We're just going to have it around. That's, that's what we are. Say, Pastor, uh, you're, you're, are you attacking? No, I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just saying to keep the peace in the Emmanuel Baptist Church, there are some non-negotiables. There are some things that we center around. We center around the, what the Bible teaches as the church government, if you will, the structure of the church. We still, although it's under attack today, even among Baptist churches, we still believe that God has the pastor as the under-shepherd. 
He's not controlled by a board. He's not controlled uh, by a group. He's not controlled by those that write checks. He's not controlled by, by the, the kitchen in his own house. He's not controlled. That's what we believe. We believe the Bible teaches that you're either a pastor or you help the pastor in the church. That's what we believe. Well, I just don't believe that. I think there needs to be some, there needs to be a board of oversight over the pastor. Well, that's fine. You're welcome to your belief. That's not what we're going to believe here. That's not how we're going to function here. Uh, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying we're going to keep the peace. There's one body. It's his body. There are non-negotiables. There's been times through the years where there's, you know, military or something else, somebody had to, to leave and they had to look for a church and I would say, find you a church with some, non, write down your non-negotiables. The church, no church will have what this church has. You know, you can, you can go and, 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 and the, there, there's, there's no pastor that has the charm of this pastor, but, but does he preach the Bible? Uh, do you have your non-negotiables? We have our non-negotiables. This is who we are. This is what we are. This is what we believe. Uh, those are non-negotiables. So we have to keep the non-negotiables non-negotiable. Which means we're not having a business meeting to discuss, are we changing this or that that's part of our non-negotiables? Well, I, I think we ought to be, be more inclusive of this area. It's not negotiable. It's not negotiable. Why? Because we have to keep the peace. There are some non-negotiables. Number two, pride brings negotiables to the same level as non-negotiables. Logic with me for just a moment. If there are non-negotiables like this book... We believe in the King James Bible. That's not negotiable with me. You don't have to come to the same conclusion I come to that. If you, if you study and let the Spirit of God lead you, you will. But that's not negotiable to me. So I, I don't believe, well, don't bring it up because we're not negotiating it. So if there's non-negotiables, that just leads us to believe there are some negotiables. I'm going to get tongue-tied saying all that all night. Look at me at verse number 2. He says, verse number 1, that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering. Now, we focused on this this morning, forbearing one another in love. Now, that's still important in context with tonight's message, but I want to put more focus on the beginning of verse number 2 than the ending for tonight's message. Pride brings negotiables to the same level as non-negotiables. Churches are destroyed when we negotiate that which should not be negotiated, and we don't negotiate that which should be negotiated. There are things that I'll say to me are important in the church, but it's not the faith. I should not put that on the same level as the faith. Certainly, if you come from different parts of the world, different parts of the country, there are some who they would believe, like we would believe, that they, they, they do things a certain way, or, or they, they have something uh, that's done. Well, there, there's some who say, I don't think you ought to have an offering. I'm like, well, you give me your secret to that. Um, 
that's okay. That's to me, that's a negotiable. No, 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 that's a non-negotiable. What am I saying? <laughs> There's some who say, hey, you shouldn't have an altar call. Well, I can show you from the Bible where you should have an altar call. I mean, that's not negotiable, but if you don't want to do it, that's fine. We're, we're, we're going to do that. Uh, there are some non-negotiables. Well, what color is the carpet going to be? I don't really care. If you ask me my opinion, I'll give you my opinion. But if I say, guys, what do you think? They say we like this. It's like, okay. But there's, this is silly, but there are churches that get split. They can't get through a business meeting because some people want gray carpet. Some people want, 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 want a different color carpet. And we got to come to a conclusion that that's a non-negotiable. So how do we approach these things? There are going to be things that, that I decide as the pastor or I get with the, the, the deacons as I'll meet with them this coming week and, or with the staff say this, and we'll say, so I just don't, I, just, I would have gone about it a different way. Okay, that's a negotiable. And there are times people come to me and say, Pastor, have you ever thought about, and I'll say to myself either one or two things, I've thought about that. And this is why that won't work, because there's perspective I have. Or I've said, you know, that's a good idea. We need to do that. Or why don't we go ahead and do that? I have staff that come to me and do that all the time. Say, who do they think they are? Don't they know I'm the pastor around here? That's a negotiable. It would be pride on my part to put that on level with a non-negotiable. Are you following me tonight? So how we approach those things that are not the one faith, the... Now, I'm not saying there's not some negotiables that aren't important. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying there, are, there is a faith, there's a spirit, there's a body, there's a God, there's a baptism, there's one, there's not multiple. That's what brings us all together. That's what we, that, that's what we have to agree on. That's what we have to keep as our, our foundation. Everything that's not that, we have to approach in this way, verse 2, with all lowliness, humility. We don't have to acknowledge this tonight. I, I would think it would be true of all of us if we were honest. All of us at some point thinks, in some situation, thinks our idea is the best idea. Maybe it is. But I can tell you, there's times when I thought my idea was the best idea, and it turned out to not be the best idea. Maybe I'm the only one. But to keep the peace, is in the grand scheme of things, is it really that important? I have to approach that with humility. Let me give you another illustration. I'm the head of my house. I can say that because my wife's not here today, but I'm the head of my house. I lead my home. I've obviously married. Uh, I have three daughters, and when everybody was at home, I was greatly outnumbered. We have pets that were all female, greatly outnumbered. Where do y'all want to go eat? Dad's paying, but Dad don't get a say. <laughs> let's sit down and do, do something as a family. Let's, let's watch this, or let's go here, do here. 
there's always a feminine majority. Now, if you were a man, you'd put your foot down and decide where to go. I like peace in my home. Now, there are some things that in my home are non-negotiable. They're non-negotiable. But where we eat is, is not a non-negotiable. Or you hear, you know, all the, 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 the female version of everything, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what in the world? How did I end up here? I grew up with all brothers. But I am having my first grandson, so help is on the way. But some things, it's just, it's just not worth me. I don't mean it's not worth the fight. Sometimes that's true. It's not worth asserting myself. But you know, if it makes them happy, does it really matter? You, you ever, I don't know if you, you, you have it in this, this scenario, but consider with me what it's like. To have your wife and three daughters and squeeze into one hotel room with them, with one bathroom. Um, so what do you do? I adapted. I got up real early, got a night shower, got dressed, and hit the lobby and stayed down there for the next three hours while they got ready. <laughs> Being that you should know, I don't always have to get my way. And every head of every man who's who's the head of your home, you know what I'm talking about. Every mom and every wife, there are situations where you do the same thing. It's with what what do you know? My my youngest is is a junior in high school, and assuming she she graduates in the next couple of years, it's just going to be me and my wife. And you know what? I'm going to have to get used to that. Well, I can like I'm, my opinion matters again, and I get to make decisions for myself, and I get to decide what time supper is, not what time it is, depending on when practice is over or this is going on. And there's some things that we make a big deal about in the church that should not be a big deal. We have to approach them with lowliness, not with "Bless God, they need my opinion." Maybe, maybe not. Also, look at what the Bible says. With lowliness and meekness. A good word for that word, meekness, is gentleness. Gentleness. How we approach things, are we approaching it with a gentle hand? Are we, figuratively speaking, the strong arm that I'm going to twist the arm behind the back until I get what I want. Now, we've already said the non-negotiables we should be willing to fight for. We should, we should be willing to take a stand on. We should be willing to lose things over. But the negotiables, wait, are we really approaching them with lowliness? And this is, I know of no issues tonight. That's the best time to remind us. We approach things with lowliness and humility and meekness. 
how are you going to go about it? Can I just say, because this has happened in, in, in decades, in, 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 well, not even decades, in, in years gone by, we have a disagreement not over the one faith, not over the one body, not over the one baptism, the one spirit, the one God, it's, not, it's a disagreement not over a non-negotiable, but instead of approaching it with lowliness and meekness, we want to go and find others who might would agree with us or put thoughts in their mind to get them to agree with us. That's not keeping the peace. We, the, the purpose is to keep the peace with all lowliness and meekness. Well, they need my opinion. Well, that's not really humility, number three. Let me say, keeping the peace, it takes effort to keep the unity. Look at verse three. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. When I, when I surrendered to preach when I was young, and then as I got into ministry, I felt like God wanted me to pastor and you're excited and you get dreams and visions of what God wants you to do. And I love pastoring. I love helping you. I love bearing your burdens. Uh, I, I enjoy seeing you grow. Uh, certainly there's some things in pastoring I like better than other things. But uh, to be available and to, and to help you, it, it, uh, boy, I, I love what I do. I love preaching the Word of God. I love getting into the Word of God and studying when the Lord gives you a message and Oh, this is exactly what uh, I know he wants me to preach. And you give that message and you see it help God's people. Well, I get to preach the word. Man, much of being a pastor is keeping unity so that the work of God can get done. No, I, I don't mind explaining why we believe what we believe doctrinally. Well, sometimes it's a little frustrating well, this one's mad at this one, or this one's offended by this one, and you hear those things, and it's almost like you want to say, la, 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 I don't want to hear it. Because sometimes, and, and, and I have to remind myself of this, it takes a little effort to get along with people, especially that rub you the wrong way. Maybe they do say something offensive or do something offensive, it still takes effort. Notice verse number three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That word endeavoring means striving. It's what I, I'm working towards. I have to keep the peace. The Bible tells us to live peaceably with all men. That should be an effort of ours. Endeavoring to keep the unity. It is striving towards keeping the unity. Notice it says, endeavoring to keep the unity of, in the spirit, of the spirit. Now, do we have different personalities in the room tonight? You know, there's probably 10 or 11 personalities, and that's just in one person I'm thinking of. But, you know, we have, we have a lot of different personalities. We have a lot of different backgrounds. We are, you can't help but see life from your experiences. It shapes you. It molds you. So how in our, in our striving, endeavoring, 
how to have that bond of peace, it's right there. Keep the unity of the Spirit. I must have the Spirit of God keep my heart and my spirit where it needs to be. It, it, it takes a supernatural person, the Spirit of God, to do that. But notice the Spirit in the bond of peace. Don't miss this. That bond of peace is what makes the Emmanuel Baptist Church strong. Pastor, why do you walk guard? Why do you emphasize this? Because we have something special. And it's not the pastor. It's not you. It's in the spirit, the bond of peace by the Spirit of God. That bond that I'm willing to put my will down for the will of God's church. I'm willing to put my opinion down for what God wants us to do as a church. When I'm willing to put my thoughts and my understanding, put them on the side so in focus on what is the one faith, the one baptism. Well, I don't really agree what, what, what the, uh, the, the youth director did or the principal did or the pastor did or the, the Sunday school teacher did. But in the grand scheme of things, we've got one faith, we've got one baptism, we've got one spirit, uh, we've got one body. That that's the important thing, I, I, that, that bond that we can say, brother, I'm going to give you some grace if you'll give me some grace. I'm going to forgive you if you'll forgive me. I know I, I feel very strongly about this, but I'm going to yield to what the church needs and what to, 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 to the Word of God. That bond of peace is what makes us strong. The devil does not fear a large church. But he certainly fears a unified church. If you were to take, if we were to go out and get a, a little twig, you could break that very easily. But if we were to get a bundle of them and tie them together, you could not break it. Why? Because of the bond. You can have a large church with a lot of spiritual gifts in it, with a lot of talents, a lot of abilities. But if they're not bonded together by the Spirit, that bond of peace, you, you, you can't accomplish what could be accomplished. It takes effort to keep the unity Forgiving is not always easy. Is it for you? Uh, what? We have to yield to the Spirit so we can keep the peace. Number four, I'll mention it and I'll be done. Keeping the peace is evidence of a worthy walk. Verse one, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Then he goes in to talk about that walk. It's the lowly in, meek, in, in, in meekness, long-suffering, endeavoring to keep the unity that is centered around the one body, the one spirit, those things we've talked about. Keeping the peace is evidence of a worthy walk. Ye walk worthy of the vo vocation with you're called. Well, we, we ought to strive to walk worthy. 
Boy, we, we ought to strive to keep the peace. You know, there's, there's, in our homes, we ought to be striving. We shouldn't be, try to be a source of contention. We should be striving to keep the peace. Amongst our friends, do, 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 do people have to walk carefully around you? Be careful what they say because you'll be easily offended. Well, if that's true, that's something that you need to work on. Because to walk worthy, a sign of that is I want to keep the peace. Now, if it's time to stand, we'll stand. These do not conflict one another. But the enemy is out there. The enemy, and that's why we have to guard to keep him out there. I'm not inviting the devil in here by bringing in the spirit of Antichrist. I'm not doing it. It's time to stand, we'll take a stand. There have been times where... You have to draw the line. And, and I, I hear a bunch of, of, of rhetoric from other places, and this is a stand. This, and I, hey, you take your stand. I don't ever feel that I have to, at least lately, come in here and say, this is what we believe about the Spirit of God, because we have that bond of peace about that. If somebody doesn't believe that, then we're not changing so that they feel comfortable with that. We're not changing what we believe about salvation. We're not changing what we believe about the Word of God. Now, there are some things that we, we don't have to fight over. But with this time to take a stand. But you know what I, What we have to do is we, also, we always have to be on guard for those divisions. There's things that are non-negotiable. I, I, don't, I don't know why the ushers have to do this or that. Oh, that's not a big deal. I mean, really, the, the faith is not going to fall based on an usher standing here versus there. Now, they might fall if they don't have a wall to lean on, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> the faith is not going to fall if we start a service at 6 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. The faith's not going to fall if in the future we start an extra Sunday school hour. Just let that hang there for a minute. The faith's not, well, I, I, don't, I wouldn't do it that way. Okay, that's fine. But we still have one faith. We still have one baptism. We still have one spirit. Is this making sense tonight? So many times we say, well, I just want to keep the peace. And what is meant by that is compromise. Well, I don't want to keep the peace. There's a faction that's rising up to say they don't believe the Bible. Well, I'm willing to not have peace to get us all back to where we can have that one bond of peace around what is true. So we're not, we're not talking about compromise. We're talking about keeping the peace by being yielded to the Spirit of God and realizing, okay, what is most important? I would like to have A, B, C, and D. 
I've had to remind myself of this. You know, I, I like to have this building, and I'd like to have this open, and this and this and this. But when it comes down to it, well, we, we're having pretty good services. God's still blessing. He's still adding to his church. Everybody who walks in says, man, there's a spirit here that is evident. Now, we can add all those other things, but we don't have to have it. Now, don't read into that. Get the point I'm saying tonight. Well, what are the, what's the main thing? Let's make sure that we're focused on that. And then let's strive to keep the peace. Don't go home and pick a fight. Try and keep the peace. Don't, don't, well, Scott, I'm just going to, I used to be this way. I'm just going to let them know what, and it's like, nah, your opinion's not that important. Does it really, in the grand scheme of things, what matters? What matters is our faith. You have your faith tonight? We have the word of God. Boy, let's be centered around that.